I, I want to talk this morning uh, with you, and I want to share, I, in fact, I've been uh, preaching on Friday night at the, uh, the, with the gathering of the campuses at Edge, and I had really, really got inspired in the Lord, and, and God came and gave me some real insights while I was preaching, and I thought, great, I will now use that in Victory Church. And so last night, I was all stirred up and thought, I'll bring this, this is so good, because I even heard things I didn't know. And, and I thought, isn't that the good thing about Revelation, you know? And, and, uh, and then I thought, I'll do that. And then last night, I'm studying uh, for, for today and getting ready for today. And, and that whole message died with me. And so now I, I, I have something else altogether that we're going to share. So, Father, this morning we do come in the precious name of Jesus. Father, I come this morning with an empty bag that your name would be glorified. I come in my weakness that you would be my strength. And Father, I know that I can say the things I know, but your Holy Spirit can cause me to say the things I don't know. Father, this company of people have come today to worship in your house together, and we are so appreciative of being able to share and break forth the Word of God to them. You know their needs, you know where they have come from, you know the various things happening in their everyday lifestyle, and Father, we pray that uh, whatever sentence, whatever word, whatever phrase might just drop into their hearts today that would set them on fire and bring freedom to where they are, and they go out of this house knowing it was better to be in the house of the Lord. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Boy, I want to talk to you then today about uh, what do you do with the negatives of life? How do you deal with the negatives of life? Do any person in this meeting have any negatives? If you don't, then you have visited us from heaven. And there are no angels in the meeting. I don't think so. This, uh, <clears throat> oh, I shouldn't be doing this at the beginning. You ever hear about Patty and Mick? Yeah. <laughs> Patty and Mick are the Irish people to who we have so many jokes about, yes? And they're down in the pub, and they're having a few pints, and they're talking about their wives. They hadn't been to a woman's conference. <laughs> and they're talking about their wives. And Paddy looks at Mick and he said, oh, well, my wife, you know, she, 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 she's a right angel to be sure, to be sure. <laughs> and Mick looks at him and he said, oh, he said, Paddy, he said, you're so lucky. He said, my wife's still alive. <laughs> We're just settling. There's no angels in the meeting this morning. Amen. <laughs> So we're talking about what do you do with your negatives, living positively in this negative world. How do I go about that? You know, there was this little old lady, and uh, she really didn't have a lot of world's goods. She didn't have a lot of money, and, but she loved the Lord, and she would just praise the Lord. And all the time, she's just getting around her house, and she's just praising the Lord. And next door lives beside her an atheist. And he hated it because she would be vocal about it and she'd be praising the Lord. And he used to come over, knock on the door and tell her to stop praising the Lord. He said, there is no God. There is no God. You're just a silly old goat. There is no God. But she just went right on praising the Lord. 
And as she was on praising the Lord, she would just keep on rejoicing and he would keep coming and telling her, and there's no God, etc. Anyhow, one day she's out of groceries and she needs some groceries. And so she's walking around the house and, and she's got her hands in the air and she's praising God and she said, Father, I know you're my source, you're my provision, I know that you will bring to me the groceries that I need and she's praising the Lord. And he thought, he hears her, the old atheist next door, he said, I'll fix that old goat. So he went down to the supermarket and bought a basket of groceries, of all kinds of groceries. And he came and he put them on her front doorstep, rang the bell and hopped in behind the little hedge. She comes out and sees the basket. Oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And she's really ecstatic. And he jumps out from behind the hedge. And he says, see, I trapped you, you silly old goat. He said, I was the one that went and bought you those groceries, not God. I bought the groceries. And with that, you took off past him down the road. And he's after her down the road. Finally, he stops her and he says, what's wrong with you? You're really crazy altogether. I told you that I went and bought the groceries. And she says, oh, I know, I know what you said. I, I know what you said. She said, I knew that God would get me the groceries. I just never knew he would send the devil to buy them. <laughs> Living positively in this negative world. Amen. You know, uh, Russian Beck, who are the world's famous uh, writers and, and worker in the work of depression and anxiety and so on, and they say, they talk about a negative triad. And they said, in this negative society of ours, that negative triad is people who have a very negative experience or a negative view of themselves. When I was listening to Jen this morning, I thought, I'm going to put that woman on my team. She has really got some identity principles that's so good. Amen. Changing the view of the way you see yourself on the inside. And when you change the view of the way you see yourself on the inside, you look great on the outside. And you feel good on the outside. Amen. She has She's really getting it together. If they talk like that at a woman's conference, I might go myself. They could get me one of those dresses. <laughs> well, we wear kilts. <laughs> Have you not seen River Dance? In the negative triad, they talk about a negative view of yourself, a negative interpretation, and this is what I want you to get hold of this morning, a negative interpretation of your experiences and a negative view of the future. And so when we're looking into this, we want to do it now. I'm going to read some, uh, some scriptures, and then we're going to address some of these things together in the time that we have. We have the scriptures up for you there uh, uh, on the board, and I will read them to you as they show them to you for you to be able to read along with me. So, uh, are they up? No? They were coming up. You just let me know what's happening behind me. Because in the back of my head, I don't think I have a lot of hair. But then, of course, I'm not as bad as Peter, so it's all right. Now, and it says it happened after this. Listen, one of the biggest things in our day's language, you know what it would be saying? And you would actually relate to this. 
It never rains, but it pours. Have you ever found times like that? Why is that like that in some seasons? Because everybody in this meeting is in a different place. Some of us today are on top of the world. Some of us are doing incredibly well. I mean, we're doing well at different levels of life. Everything seems so good. It's a lovely season. But everybody's not in the same season. And some things are that, that go wrong, do they not? Some things go bad for some of us. Some of us are probably like there. And some people may well be in this meeting, and for whatever reason the Holy Spirit wanted me to change the message, is that God is going to address for you some of the areas in which you are in this morning, and that all of us get a little bit of something. Amen. So we leave with something. Everything may not apply to everybody, but as long as you leave with something. Even if you remembered my Irish joke, that's good. Amen. That's probably what you will remember most. It happened after this. The, after what? He had just come back from a huge battle in Ramoth Gilead against the Syrians. And it was really tough. Old Ahab had tried to get him killed. He came back and he's not in a good way. And when he gets back, it happened after this big battle that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. And then some came and they told Jehoshaphat, saying, here's the good news bearers, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea from Syria, and they that are in Hazon Tamar, which is in Gedi, and Jehoshaphat did what every great man of God does, he feared. <laughs> Amen. You know this, they come, he's, he's been fighting one battle against the Syrians, and now there's a coalition forces are coming against him. You know what's Murphy's Law? Hey, you understand Murphy's Law. It all happens in threes. Have you ever noticed that sometimes in the appliances in your house, that as soon as one breaks down and you just get it fixed, the next one breaks down? And Have you ever had that happen? Well, that's happened in our house. And by the time the third thing breaks down, then I begin fearing. I'm like him. I'm beginning, not anymore. We can't afford another appliance to break down. Those guys are thieves who come to fix them. They are ripping Ray off. <laughs> and I'm Irish and I don't like being ripped off. <laughs> it's expensive when that happens. But sometimes you wonder, what's going on? My goodness, what's going on? We just got over that sickness and another thing hit me. And then I just got over that and another thing hit me. How many, pigeons get <laughs> How many people have got kids here? Children, that is. Yes. Have you ever noticed with children, free sailing with children, I am convinced that God gave us children to understand what God puts up with. <laughs> is it not right? Oh my. And I tell you this, there's always something going on. It's an action life. And there's always something happening with your children. Something going on all the time with your children. And so things happening all the time. Life happens, does it not? And you know, people are questioning God in that, but life just happens. Things just happens. Sometimes we try to spiritualize it, but it's a waste of time spiritualizing because it just happens. This is what happens. My feet's enough on the ground to know that it happens. I don't blame God and I don't blame the devil. I don't blame, well, sometimes I blame my wife, but most of the time, <laughs> so I send her to the conference. Now, the thing is, I, I'm not blaming anybody. At that point, it just happens. 
and I have to, it's not that it happens. Epictetus was a philosopher many years ago, and he said this, it is never the things in life that happens to us that matters, it's the way we view the things that happens to us. How do I view the happenings? Because life is full of happenings. Sometimes there is wonderful little serendipities. Sometimes there are wonderful little happenings and they're exciting. And then there are sometimes that just crap happens. Just, just crap, just rubbish. Thank you, brother. He's stirring me up to preach better. Now, amen. <laughs> Now, one of the things that I, that I want to tell you about in Africa, and, I, and this I want you to remember. I want you to leave here, and you may very well, everybody will remember this. In Africa, I've done a lot of work in many countries in Africa. And, I was, and when I was there, they told me this story. And what there is, is a place, and I did not go into this village, but they told me about this tribe. And the place where they live, in the villages where they live, the food is so bad, they can't even eat it themselves. It is so unpalatable. It is terribly hard to eat. But what they do is they grow a little berry on a little bush. And the little berry is really sweet. You can actually find this on the internet if you wanted to go looking. And the little berry is really sweet. When they go to eat their unpalatable food, they take a berry off the bush, they put it in the side of their mouth, and no matter what food they eat, it takes on the flavor of the berry, and everything becomes sweet. Now, we live in a very unpalatable world. And what I want to do this morning is put a berry in your mouth in this unpalatable world. If we can get a berry in our mouth. I've had a lot of things happening in my life. And without this berry, I would have been in trouble. I don't have time in the message this morning to detail them, but a lot of very unpalatable things. One particular thing that was highly unpalatable to me that a humanly I don't deal with it well, humanly I didn't handle it well, and without my berry, I would have been in trouble. And my grandson, who we loved dearly, who was incredibly close to my wife, and at 12 years of age, he died and went to be with Jesus. Now, humanly, that's unpalatable. Humanly, I don't handle those things well. And I don't think too many of us are built that well to do that. I did his funeral. 700 people or 700 plus people came. I did a funeral. We lasted for two hours, and which may be happening this morning. And we lasted for two hours and, and, and tears just pouring down my face as I'm just bury, going to bury this little guy. Now, here's the thing. That is just one of the very unpalatable things that can happen in our lives. You had people close to you. You had people near to you. That's what life does. It happens. People, people are born. We just saw that little baby up there. So beautiful, so nice, so good. Such exciting moments. But then one day, somebody else in that family passes on. And that's not such a nice thing. And we celebrate the birth, but we don't celebrate so well at the end because humanly, we don't handle it very well. 
We need to have a barrier in your mouth. And with you, wherever you are at, whatever life vocation you're in, whatever takes place in your life, please this morning, I am saying to you, make sure to live in this unpalatable world in a, in a way in which you are connected to eternity, vitally connected to heaven, that you will live positively in this negative world. Amen. So I am asking you, what berry do you take into your day? What berry do you take into your workplace? What berry do you take to university? What berry do you take to school? What berry do you take into an ungodly world? What berry do you take into your marriage? What berry do you take into your lifestyle? Would you like to know my berry? You can get one of your own, but until you get your own, you can have mine. If you don't mind chewing somebody else's berry. Here's my berry. My berry is Romans 11. I think we've got it up there because I missed one scripture, but we would go back to it. Uh, one scripture. There, okay. I'm, I'm keeping looking at myself. I don't know why the fascination. Well, well, well. There's my berry here. Do you see my berry? For of him and through him and to him are all things. There's my berry. Here's the point. Please don't beat up the devil when it's not going well. Don't blame the devil because the fact is what God could prevent, he permits. And sometimes we will glorify the devil by rebuking the devil in whatever it is that's happening. Let us put a berry in our mouth that only sees everything to the glory of God. Amen. Now here's how this works. For of him and through him and to him. From him, through me, to him. So now you have a different lifestyle than me. And you go through different things than I do. But whatever's coming through you, it comes through you by permission of God and will go back to Him and will go back to Him to the glory of His name. Amen. Seeing God in it. Seeing God working in it. Don't focus on the negatives of the enemy Don't rebuke the enemy. Don't say the enemy's given you a hard time. You are a child of God and God cares for you. And when crap happens, God allows it to take place because everything is in him and through him and will bring glory to his name. I I know... I know that we are generally escapists and we like to get out and that's why the the, the rapture is such a popular doctrine. (laughs) but we're going at some point. But here's the thing, we like to escape things, but life, you can't escape a lot of things. But it's the way you face it. It's the way you will look at it. Get in the berry in your mouth in an unpalatable day. Get the berry in your mouth. Put the berry in your mouth. And then, with the berry in your mouth, the unpalatable situation will turn sweet to the glory of God. You see? Amen. Let me, can I go back to that other scripture? (laughs) I don't see the people that do this. It's amazing, isn't it? But we'll go back. Boy, they are good. <clears throat> Here is Jehoshaphat. This is his cry. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? This is a Jehoshaphat, the greatest king of Judah. 
a battle strategist. That's why Ahab took him. And now this is what he says. For we have no power against that great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. Tell me this this morning in this meeting. Who likes to be out of control? Who likes your world to be out of control? Or has your world ever been out of control? Oh my. Do you know what I hate? Out of, I like to be in control. I like to know that it's all working out and I can command and control it. You know, as far as God's concerned, let me say this to you and why we want to be cozy and comfortable and not have any of this stuff happen. Let me tell you this. As soon as you think you've got a handle on God, as soon as you think that you've got some kind of a formula working, as soon as you think that something's working for you and you're skilled and you're able and you can do it, let me tell you something. God just will enlarge your situation beyond your capacity to control it. Oh, that's scary. That's why I am a professional, but let me tell you something. Every time I sit with a client, I depend totally and absolutely on the Holy Spirit. God has given me tools, but there is nobody but nobody like the divine counselor who can give me insight, who can help me to see beyond what I know, and then take the tools to be able to work with it. And I know that as soon as I would start thinking, I'm smart, I'm intelligent, I'm clever, I'm the great psychologist, the moment that would pop into my head, at that moment, I will stop being able to minister to people. I want to tell you something, I want to minister to people out of the Holy Spirit, and that he would just take the tools of my profession to be able to be the most effective to the body of Christ and help the people of God. Amen. It's not nice being out of control, but let me tell you, there is no formula that finally works, not even the formula that no formula finally works. God can do it again. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Because we can tie into formulas and think, I've got a handle on it now. I've been saved for so long. You know what? I don't need God so much right now. I'll tell you, I need him as much now as I did as a teenager when I came to Christ. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I am totally and absolutely and completely relying on him. Praise God. Because when things happen to me, all my skills and all my tools, especially close to my family, all of that goes out the window because you're emotionally caught up and you handle it emotionally and we're not trying to handle it that well emotionally and then we do it differently and therefore we need him. Amen. We need him this morning. Glory to God. What do you do with your negatives? How do you work with your negatives? You know, I was overseas. I was overseas one time and we grew up in a very, very poor situation out of the war. We were on a farm and, and grew up on a farm and so on. And my father was an abusive alcoholic and a very brilliant man and had his own business and run the farm, but still he's very abusive. We didn't have very many pictures or photos or anything like they do now. There are thousands of those things now on cameras and, and so on. But, but now I was home one time and my mom came to me and she says, I've got a little picture of you when you were little. Would you like it? Well, it's the only one I had of myself. I'd like to have seen myself when I was little and very handsome. In those days, I, I used to have lovely black wavy hair. And then one day I just waved goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and I and I looked at the thing and, and it was starting to get a little bit yellow. It had turned up at the edges, but I it was precious. So I go down and I go into the photographic shop and I give it to the girl and I said, I want six of these, six by fours. I want to see myself in a bigger way. <laughs> and she looks at me and she says, oh, yes, sir, no problem. She said, could, but could you give me your negative? I said, but I don't have a negative. But I need your negative. But I don't have a negative. So we did that for a bit and I wasn't winning. And... <laughs> 
And she said, sir, I, I, I looked at her after she tells me this a number of times, and I said, lady, we're living in a technological age that you can do anything with digital stuff and all sorts of things. And she said, oh, yeah, I'm not saying I can't do it. Sir, all I'm saying is that if you had your negative, I could give you a proper positive. And she said, because two things. Number one, I didn't like. If you had your negative, it would only cost you half the price. <laughs> Do you imagine an Irishman listening to that? <laughs> and then she looked at me and she said, but I will, no matter how I do this, I will never get a proper positive without your negative. Do you know something in life? It runs on positive and negatives, polarities. You have to have your negatives to bring about a true positive. I would never know the mercy and the grace of God if I'd never filed, if I'd never made a mistake, if I'd never bombed out, if I'd never stuffed up. I would never have known the grace and the mercy of God like we sang this morning in that glorious song as we're singing this morning, the grace of God, amen. And that Jesus went to the cross and Jesus hung on the cross and Jesus hovered in the cross. And I'll tell you, if I had lived a wonderful, pure, great life all my life, if I had done all of that, I would not have appreciate that song this morning as much as I do this morning. Amen. The revelation of His grace and the revelation of His mercy and the revelation of His goodness and the revelation of His blood and the revelation of the price that He paid for me. I am so happy and thankful for it all. Amen. Oh, I love that new song they sing now, covered, covered, covered. You know that song? No matter where I've been, no matter what I've done, no matter how I fall, you pick me up again. Oh, hallelujah. This morning in this meeting, this is a pickup meeting. Our God's a pickup God. Amen. Whatever's going on, your circumstances, your situation, however you stuffed up or however hard it might be or however the situation is, God's picking you up as you listen to the word being preached to you this morning and as you stood in the worship service and as you listened this morning, you're going out of this meeting and you're going to walk out of here picked up. Amen. You're not coming here to be condemned and judged and trodden on and told a thousand rules. You're here to get picked up. Amen. And the day that I start preaching pickups, I should be pick it, packing it out. Get out of the place. Packing up and leave. How am I going? Where's the time? I'm all right? Oh, yeah, because I'm not anywhere near the thing. <laughs> Don't ask God to change your circumstances. He sent your circumstances to change you. Amen. We can play. Listen, it's not, only the, it's not only the palms that whinge. <laughs> I know we have a bit of a thing against the English. But the thing is, they blame the palms for being whinging palms. But you know what? All of us whinge. All of us complain. And you know the thing is, we complain and we whinge, but what we need to do is to surrender to the berry and surrender to the call and surrender and in all things give thanks. 
and in all things, praise God. Would you not say that? People say, oh, but you know what? Life is how you make it. Life is how you make it. Oh, balderdash. Let me tell you, if life, was how I made, if life was how I made it, if I could make life, there's a lot of changes. I would start with the airline industry. <laughs> and in case there's anybody working for the airlines here, I won't say what they are, because you'd be getting clues and I'm not getting paid for it. <laughs> but I would actually change that. Do you know what? Life is not how you make it, Life is how you take it. I wake up in the morning and life's already going. It doesn't wait for me to wake up and say, what shall we do today, Ray? Some advice from you would be helpful. I just slip into my day. It's already happening. And now, first of all, I'll kiss my wife and know what the immediate response of the beginning of the day is going to look like. That's an indicator. So you turn around in bed slowly. <laughs> That's all you're going to know. <laughs> I'm just thinking, you know, one kiss from me can change the color of her day. Not necessarily for the best, but I can, I, it can change the color of her day. <laughs> Amen. No, life happens. It just happens. And so right now, I reckon to realize this, that what's coming to me, I just need to work it out. And, and the big thing is, let me tell you, when things happen in your life, and they do happen in your life, it's how we react or respond to it. I know people who have reacted to the adverse circumstances, reacted to their negativity, reacted to the stuff that's going on. And let me tell you this, they're bitter, they're hard, they're twisted, they have nothing to give. You don't want to be in their company. You can't hear them praising the Lord. And they're just twisted with life circumstances. I could tell you about people that I've met just like that. You know what? You either react. It's the same sun that melts the ice that hardens the clay. And what happens is when you react to life circumstances and you don't have a berry in your mouth, the roots of your life turn up into the sun and they dry up and they wither up and you become twisted and bitter. But if you respond with a berry in your mouth and you respond to what God's doing, the roots of your life will go down into the river of the grace of God and you will become a tree planted by the riverside, able to give to everybody else around you. Amen. Do you think God changed the right message for this morning? I think so myself. Amen. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Heart purity is seeing God in everything. Heart purity is seeing God in everything. Romans 8, 28. How many people know Romans 8, 28? Romans 8, 28 is quoted a lot like people, like a band-aid. Something goes wrong, oh, well... And like a resigning statement, oh, all things work together for good. <laughs> Let's believe it, all things will work together. I don't know where it's going to be, but it will. 
Let me show you something. All things are in his plan. That's what it goes on to talk about. And all things has to do with his purpose. Yes? Now, let's take some of your days. Here's some things. That's why the Bible doesn't tell you what they are. It just talks about things. All things. Boy, life's full of thingies. It's just all things. That thing, that annoying thing, that thing. Why did that thing happen? That's why God just calls it things. It's kind of things. So let's look at some of the things that happens. Well, today, Ray's preaching and we're on top of the world. <laughs> oh, that's a good thing. We go outside the service and somebody says something to us and said, yeah, it was all right for him with his berry. He can shove his berry. And then, like I got only a few weeks ago, my office robbed and got a lot of stuff taken, which broke my heart, especially since there was some money in it. Not good. Not, not good at all. The, even the thought of talking about it brings back an emotional memory. Now, and then I get a bill. And then somebody comes along and sends me an encouraging scripture. And now that thing, oh, that's a nice thing. I like that thing. And then I got on Facebook and found somebody talking about me. I'll fix them. You can do more damage by social media than you can do with your hands. Oh, yes. We have to get Jen on the ball. And then somebody sends me a check. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I want to testify on Sunday, please. Let me testify on Sunday. I want to tell about the goodness and the provision of God. Hallelujah. And I didn't get testifying. They never let you on the platform in this church. <laughs> that was somebody's mistake. We don't know what it is. <laughs> and, then, and then they don't let you on the church on Sunday. That's bad. That's a bad. I don't like that church. I don't know if I'll go back again because they're not nice to me. And one bad thing, one good thing. One bad thing. Good. One failure, one stuff up, one victory. Oh. Here is what we need to see. That God takes all We only see him taking some things, but he takes the stuff-ups, the failures, the hardship, the difficulty. This morning, I want you to see with me that he's taking the things of your life and he's pulling them all together. The bad, the good, the nice, the ugly, and he's bringing them all together. For your good. But let me tell you something. There's where we make a mistake. All things work together for good as God interprets good. You and I do not have a right interpretation of good, do we? Okay. I, I'm, I'm going to... Are you doing all right? I'm going <laughs> to... Yes. I, I, I am going to... I'm going to tell you a story and then I have to get out of here. 
I was preaching in the U.S. and doing some various ministry there. And we had a great privilege uh, of, of a very special, I love specials. Who likes specials? Yes, the freer they are, the better they are. Um, I really like specials. And when I was doing ministry in the U.S., we were actually getting a special. You listen to that. You will be jealous. You will be jealous. And, uh, and my wife was able to come over uh, and meet me. I was in the attendant, and she came to meet me. And we got three days in Anaheim, Disneyland, for a dollar a night. Oh, yeah, I knew you'd like it. <laughs> and five nights in Hawaii for a dollar a night. My budget, perfect. <laughs> so we are enjoying this wonderful time in this amazing amount of money. We stayed in, in and some of, the, some of you might know, the Central Hotel in, in Disneyland. Mind you, the view for a dollar a night, it wasn't an ocean view. And uh, uh, we, we saw the car park. But the, the, outside of that, it was great because we were out doing all the stuff, you know, that you would do around Disneyland. And we were doing it, but it was a cold, horrible, wet time. Probably that's why the special was on. But it was a really hot, cold, rainy, wet time. We were there, had a great time. We really enjoyed it. Though. It was just a great time. And then I was to go from there to San Diego. And I was going down to San Diego to preach. And the guy was coming to pick me up. Uh, at six o'clock on the dot, picked me up. He was coming back from a wedding uh, in, in one of the other parts of the country, Palm Springs, I think, and he was coming back, and he was going to pick me up. So we got our gear all out. Now, if anybody's been there, there's a big cafe all the way right down, cafe restaurant all the way right down of that central hotel. And so we would frequent there quite often, go there for lunches, go there for whatever, got accustomed to people in there, got accustomed to the manager and, the, and different people that they were serving. It comes six o'clock, so we pack our gear up because from there on the dollar night's finished and so was I, out. <laughs> we, we brought our gear all down into the foyer and we're sitting in the foyer with our cases and everything and you know, the, the, those sliding doors at the front, they would just slide, even if a leaf blew past, they opened and the wind came out and my wife hates the cold weather and it's really bad and it's not a good conditions at all and we're there six o'clock but we're going to get picked up, it'll be fine, but but to save the length of a story that could go on this morning, we sat there, seven o'clock, he's not there. So seven o'clock, we went into the little restaurant, had a coffee, had something there, and then that happened repeatedly, eight, nine, ten. We're still there. By 10 o'clock, by 10 o'clock, those doors opened, and my berry rolled out. <laughs> I lost me berry. That's why, in adverse circumstances, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> because now, I am starting to walk. Inconsiderate people. Inconsiderate Christian. I am supposed to be going down to minister. How could they not be here anymore? And so I'm moving and verging close to Christian swearing. I'm going along. I'm not doing very good now. And then my wife's sitting there and she's looking at me, arms folded and just staring at me. This is her husband, the man of God. So I tweaked very quickly that she was not approving of my behavior. 
And I'm saying, honey, honey, it's for your sake I'm getting upset. <laughs> Do you see how you just start bringing in negative relatives? And, and right now, I start, for your sake, honey, it's for your sake, Alan, because you don't like the cold. But, of course, that didn't impress her. She's lived with me too long. <laughs> 11 o'clock come. Every hour we're in there, drinking coffee, drinking tea, getting something. And then, it's half past 11, nothing still. I am not doing good. <laughs> and now, I go back in the cafe. This little lady, Dorothea was her name, she was a Jewish lady, and she had served us numbers of times. Up she comes, pulls out her little notebook and stands beside the kiosk. Boy, that was my last straw. <laughs> I looked at her. How many times have I been coming into this cafe? How hard is it to write one black coffee? Do you think I want a three-course meal at midnight? This is the man of God that's speaking to you now. You would not do this, I understand that, because you'd have kept your mouth shut and you wouldn't have been in trouble. And then she, she stands there, and of course she's taken aback because I'm not so nice as I had been there previously. She looks at me and she says, by the way, she says, what do you do for a living? Man, I talk fast and I talk quick. And I thought, oh, no. No, what do you do? What do you do? And she wouldn't leave me. And I burst out and I said to her, I'm a preacher. <laughs> and she throws back her head and laughs and laughs and laughs. And she says to me, you look nothing like a preacher. So then I did this. Does that look better now? <laughs> She takes off. She doesn't only gone about 10, 10 meters, five or six meters. She comes flying back. Hey, if you really are a man of God, give me a word from God. <laughs> I'll give you a word, but it won't be from God. <laughs> and now I'm sitting there. And can you believe it? The Holy Spirit hits me. I mean, he's talked through an ass before. He could do it again. And I said to my wife, do you have, do you have a pen? And I pulled one of their things down, you know, they call uh, napkins, and, and so there's more room for writing. And I started writing like mad. I had revelation. Oh, my goodness. I had revelation. Suddenly, I felt like Samson. My hair was growing again. <laughs> and she comes back. I said, Dorothea, God has a word for you. Really? Yes. And I had the, written it down, and I'm going to just tell you what it was, and then I'm through. I'm all right, brother, I'm okay? And, I, and I'm just through, and, and I said to her, here it is, and then I wrote a scripture. And she takes it, and she starts reading it. She goes in behind her little apron, goes behind the apron in her little pocket, pulls out a little piece of paper, hands it to me, and it's the same scripture that I had written on the, on the thing. And this is the word that God gave me. From a song, mind you, from 
That many years ago, I'd have completely forgotten it. But right there, it just came alive with the Scripture. He didn't bring me this far to leave me. He didn't teach me to swim to let me drown. He didn't build his home in me to move away. He didn't lift me up to let me down. And she starts reading. He didn't bring me this far to leave me. He didn't teach me to swim. And she started to bawl and bawl and bawl. And she cried and she cried. And she said, at lunchtime today, I got down on my knees. This is my last shift. I finish at midnight tonight. And this is five minutes to midnight. You know, someone has said this. God is never light, but he's missed a lot of glorious opportunities of coming early. Five minutes to midnight. She said, I finish at midnight, and after this, I'm through, I'm finished, I'm out. I can't live any longer in my circumstances. I can't live any more in the cancer in the family. There's financial, she just starts pouring and pouring it out. And she says, I got down in my little tiny flat, and I cried out when I, before I started my shift, and I do a 12-hour shift, and I cried out, if there is a God in Israel, if you don't meet me tonight before midnight when I finish my shift, I'm through, I'm finished, I'm out, and life's over. And five minutes to midnight, God meets her. Do you see? God hears the cry of a little Jew. Amen. Well, I was still in my mess, but I guess it's the Jews first and then the Gentiles. But do you know something? I want to tell you something as I'm finishing with you this morning. You've been a great audience. I've gone over time a bit, and I appreciate you, Pastor. Thank you. But let me tell you this this morning. I want you to know this. One of the things I do know is my behavior did not disqualify him from ministering through me. Our ministry does not disqualify his presence. Our negativity does not disqualify his presence. You've got it wrong. It doesn't disqualify him from coming to you this morning. No matter where you sit, no matter where you are, no matter where you go, no matter what's going on in your life, let me tell you this morning, nothing disqualifies you from his presence. Isn't that so good? Because you're his children. We're his children. And the second thing, God knows where you live. He knows your address. He knows your Facebook address. He knows your email address. He hears the cry and the pain of your heart. And he hears you. Be patient and know his timing is perfect. And he'll meet you wherever you are. He has not left you. He has not forsaken you. He has not abandoned you. He is with you. And I need you to know this morning, he has not brought you this far to leave you. He did not teach you to swim to let you drown. He has not built his home in you to move away. He didn't lift you up. Let you down. Take the berry in your mouth. Take the berry in your mouth. Of him and through him and to him are all things. He loves you. Listen this morning to that inner voice of love and go living positively in this negative world. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you.